Coming up on Tennis Channel Live. We've got early drama at the WTA Finals. Defending champ Alina Svitolina survives a marathon tiebreak, while Simona Halep survives a match point. The last ATP Masters event begins in Paris with one high-profile exit and one major showdown looming. We'll explain why one of last year's London finalists is on the outside looking in this fall. Plus, we'll hear from Big Foe with a trip to Milan coming up next week. Guns up, boys. TC Live, next. Prakash bringing it to the gun show with Big Foe. We welcome you to Tennis Channel Live on this Monday. Our post-game coverage from both Paris and Shenzhen. WTA Finals inside the Rocket Tennis Channel studios. Glad that you're with us. Alongside Tracy Austin and Jimmy Arias, I'm Brett Haber. Always great to see Tracy. <laughs> I hate and, that line, but it's, it's happened it's more an old, often it's than an old joke. It's yeah. an old joke from five years ago. It's yes. okay. It it's keeps new, happening. It's, it's new to everybody at home. Uh, we're really excited to have coverage of both the WTA Finals this week and the last Masters 1000 event of the season at the indoor courts at Parry Bear Sea. A lot of exciting matches, but no Roger Federer this week. On the heels of his win yesterday at home in Basel, Roger meeting with his team overnight and deciding to withdraw from Paris this morning. That makes sense to you guys after a long season? It feels to me that whatever Roger decides to do is probably the right choice and everything that he's done throughout his entire career. So yes, he won a title, he's 38 years old. He wants to play well in London. Nice to have a couple weeks off. Here's part of the statement that he issued on social media this morning. I'm extremely disappointed to have to pull out of the Paris Masters. I have to pace myself, he says, since I want to play as long as possible on the ATP Tour. I'm sorry for my French fans who I will see next year at Roland Garros. That's good news at the end, right? It's, you played it, this year. Right, that's we'll our, back our again. Rocket Mortgage Tournament preview as we start to look ahead to Paris without Roger. Uh, I think fans will be very happy to know that he'll be back at Roland Garros. Uh, do we think with uh, hindsight being 2020 that it was a good thing, a bad thing, or a neutral thing that he played the clay this year? I think it was good. I, I, I think that he felt ready. I felt think he felt that he was fresh enough. He wanted to go play. You know, I, I like these kind of last-minute decisions, and you know, not for players that are 25. Roger deserves the ability to, to make those decisions at the last minute and certainly to take more rest before the O2 in London, I think, was the right idea. So Roger will lose the semifinal points that he had at Parry bercy from last year. One thing we do know is that the battle for number one is down to two guys. This is the race to London. We've got six people definitely playing in the ATP finals. The other four guys are contending. But year end number one, Jimmy, is going to come down to the top two guys. It is, and Nadal has a little bit of an edge right now, Djokovic is ranked number one at the moment, but he's got points coming off from this week. Nadal doesn't have much to defend, and you can see them practicing together, waiting for that possible showdown in the finals, not just here, but in London. Wait a second, practicing together. What other sport would you see the number one and number two who are trying to duke it out for the number one at the year end? Practice for a couple of hours. I love this, right? I mean, this is great. Carlos Moya said that 
He's trying to keep it fresh. Rafa, obviously, just getting married last Saturday. He's feeling good. He's feeling ready to go. Never won here in Paris. He's not showing. He, he normally serves to the backhand. He's going to serve everything in his practice set to the floor. <laughs> oh, they have no the secrets ball. anymore All between no, them, that's right? that's true, actually. They've played so many times. More, more importantly, he got married a week ago. You're supposed to spend your honeymoon with Novak Djokovic in Paris on a practice court. That's not right, is Apparently it? Apparently, they had their honeymoon before. They went on vacation before. It's a pre-moon? About that. Yeah, wow. a pre-moon. All right, well, uh... <laughs> So that, did we just coin a term there? I didn't know ways. if that was a word. We'll have more from Paris coming up in just a minute, but we want to catch you up to date on everything that happened at the WTA Finals in Shenzhen today, day two. Like Purple group playing their first yeah. stage of the round. Robin, last year's That's champ, Elena Svitolina, taking on former number one, Carolina Pliskova. Yeah, it's Pliskova serving here, set point up. We go straight to the tiebreaker, where it's already deep in to the tiebreak and look at the wheels of Spitalina and the improv skills goes to the one-hander. She's really getting the crowd involved. Remember, she's at the defending champion. It was played in Singapore. This is the first of 10 years in Shenzhen. 14-12 for that first set tiebreak. The court's slow, and Pushkova talked about that in press early on. She doesn't really like that. Doesn't suit her game as well as it does Spitalina, who is so good at scrambling to keep that extra ball alive. Looks very pumped up. Last year, she did not lose a match on the way to the title. She looks very sharp today. She actually won her last match in 2017 as well, so that's seven wins in a row for Svitolina. Kiss, kiss at the WTA Finals. Second singles match featured Simona Halep making her fifth appearance at the championships, taking on Canada's Bianca Andreescu making her debut. I think a lot of people were looking forward to that, this matchup. Of course, Andreescu, a lot of Romanian heritage was there until she was about 10 years old. This first set, I tell you, Andrescu was on fire, showing her variation with getting the ball off the court, her power, her slices. But then this is match point right here. Halep, so close to the lines there with that backhand, was bold, and it paid off to keep her in the match. And in the tiebreak we go. And a little smile here from Halep because Darren had come on court and said, you've got to go for your second serve. And that was really a puff ball, but it paid off the change of pace. In the third set, it's Andrescu with a big backhand, but Halep, great anticipation and hands Jimmy with that flick up the line and gets her to match point where she started to serve better. Halep has not played a lot of tennis since winning Wimbledon. Hasn't had a lot of success in the last three months, so yes. It was all heart to get herself back in that match and take the victory. 13 breaks of serve in 30 total games. Here's Halep on the tough one. It was a very tough uh, match. I knew that she's a great player and uh, she's playing uh, till the end without giving up. So uh, I had to fight. I didn't play so much since Wimbledon, actually. And I'm a little bit dead, but I have time tomorrow to recover. And uh, I'm happy that uh, I could win finally a match in the WTA Finals. <laughs> All right, so here are the updated standings in Shenzhen. All eight players now have played one match in the round. Robin, Halep, and Svitolina win today, so they lead the purple group. Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka posted wins on Sunday, so they sit atop the red group. Everybody else going to have to play some catch-up from here. Uh, you mentioned during the highlight that, that uh, Darren Cahill came out and, and really calmed uh, Simona down and then encouraged her to be more aggressive. I don't want to overstate the impact coach that a coach can have, but since... Darren came back full-time, it seems like she's uh, maybe a little Look, more at ease, right? I think on the WTA Tour, where you can coach during a match, unlike the ATP Tour, where you're not supposed to coach, even though occasionally <laughs> coaches yell things out, but when you can actually go on the court and talk to your charge, you can help them mentally, more so than 
At that point, you're not telling them anything about their game. You're trying to calm them down, think properly. And in that case, he just wanted Simona to relax and play a little bit more aggressively. Yeah, it was really interesting to see Darren, first of all, back in the box. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's nice for Simona. She feels so comfortable with him. He came down, and he was tactical. He, he wanted her to be more aggressive. He didn't feel like she was aggressive enough at the beginning stages. But, of course, it's tough to do that when you're not confident. Simona didn't come in here with a lot of fresh wins as of late. But then he also said it's okay to back off now and hit a little bit more cross-court. Hit your second serve. He said, even if you double fault, that's on me. But he just has a way with words and being very precise that I think makes her feel like she can fight. That's changed so much. This wasn't a match that Simona would have won four years mm -hmm. ago. Very impressed with her composure because Andrescu brought it for that first set and a well, half. She knows if she doesn't fight, if she gives up, Darren's going to quit. He did it once before after she gave up in Miami a couple of years ago. These are the feature matches for you tomorrow. We'll talk more about Barty and Osaka, the two women who dominated the number one ranking a little bit later in the show. Kvitova, two times a champion against Bencic, who Tracy has played her best tennis this year against the best players in the world, just like the field in this tournament. Yeah, Bencic is just not intimidated at all. I think she beat four top ten players when she won in Dubai mm -hmm. earlier this year. But she does struggle with Kvitova, and, which is a little bit of a surprise. I think she's down 4-1 in their head-to-head. Kvitova's got that great lefty serve, but Bencic is able to hit that backhand down the line or cross with hitting it so early. So it surprises me. Uh, this court is a little slower than the norm, and that to me would give the edge to Bencic. I think it is in Kvitova's hand because she do takes such big cuts at the ball, though. Do you think Bencic is a little Martina hingis the way she hits sort of her down-the-line shots actually go out of the court a little exactly. bit with some angle. It's amazing to watch. Not too many players can do that. Well, it really shows what Melanie Molitor, who was the coach, obviously mm -hmm. the mom of Martina and the coach of, of Bencic, how that has really played into the way that they hit even open stance on the backhand yeah. and on the rise. A little more stick maybe than Hingis from Bencic yes. overall? Yeah. All right, a lot of comparisons have been made over the years between those two Swiss stars. We've got a lot to get to on our post-game coverage today. What's been up with Marin Cilic, a two-time Grand Slam finalist, has gone off the rails a little bit. We'll talk about it when we come back. Back on TC Live as the men's chase for the championships makes its last stop in Paris. Former U.S. Open champion Marin Cilic had the opener in Bercy this morning against Hubert Hercoc of Poland. Cilic has the higher UTR, uh, pardon me, he has the higher ranking, but the UTR, Jimmy, tells a different story, doesn't U it? Usually the UTR is more accurate than the ranking in a lot of ways, but it will show you in a minute the matchup. It didn't happen to go that way today as Marin Cilic had a 2-0 record head-to-head -head against Hurkacz, including a 6-2, 6-love, 6-love win at last year's U.S. Open. But this is a different Cilic this year. He doesn't have the same amount of confidence. The first set went to a tie break. Cilic working the point well there, getting up to the net. And maybe the confidence that he has is against Hurkacz is that he's beaten him every time they've played. And the matchup favors him from a stylistic standpoint. So after winning that first set in a tight tie break, he starts to jump in front in the second set, gets up a break, now serving for the match. Match point, 40 love, and a good start to this Masters 1000 in Paris for Marin Cilic. He faced just one break point in the match, won 86% of his first serve points. 
However, this is not exactly the year he had in mind when things started off, has not made a single final. How about the fact that today was just his 22nd match win in 20 tournaments, guys? Crazy, and it's just, it doesn't look like it's been from injury because the knee with just one tournament in Rotterdam, Madrid, illness, but two plus wins in just six of 19 events. It's just kind of head scratching, is it? His forehand has gone off. His his serve has lost its rhythm because he's he's certainly bouncing the ball an awful lot and his legs wiggling. He's hitching and twitching he's in his service setup, twitching. isn't he? And I, yes, and I think it's in everything. It's infecting his entire game. His second serve has always been, I don't want to say weak, but it's predictable. It's almost always a kick serve to the backhand. So players today kind of can recognize that and figure out a way to attack it. I think that's part of the thing that's causing him some problems. But really, when you're winning you don't have problems. You figure out how to win. Is it up here? When you, yes. When you start losing too many matches, you as think you so, too much. You start thinking what's going on, especially it. as you get older. When you get older, I know that sounds, you're supposed to have experience, but you're also thinking, this could be the last couple of years I'm playing. I have to win this match, which uh, is a little different than when you're 19 years old. And life will not get any easier for Chilich. He plays Stan Wawrinka in the second round. Those two of the four guys outside the big four to win majors in the last 15 years. Let's go to Sam Query and Jeremy Shardy. A couple qualifiers, please. Yeah, they had to play a couple of matches just to get into the tournament. That's how strong this tournament is. And it's Shardy who lost the first set, but then Sam just doesn't get enough shtick on that forehand. And Shardy is playing inspired tennis in front of the French crowd. He gets that second set. This is Sam Query. It's Deuce. Just two points away and not enough shtick on that backhand. Are you saying shtick or stick? Stick. He needs both stick and shtick. He does. He needs it all. Against Shardy, especially when you got a return like that and you can time it that way. So Sam goes down in the first round. All right, so Sam won just 38% of his second serve points. It'll be Shardy against Medvedev. There's Joe Wilfried Sanga. You know they love him in France. He needed a wild card to get in to play red hot Andre Rublev, Jimmy. Yeah, and you didn't. Sanga has done a nice job at the end of the year here, playing a challenger, playing, winning a 250. All of a sudden, he's getting a little bit of confidence. The first set went to Rublev, the red hot Rublev. And every game seemed to go back and forth in that second set. There were so many break chances for Rublev, but Sanga kept finding a way. I think the crowd added a little bit to Sanga's game here. He always seems to play inspired tennis in Paris. And He's inspired again, and he's got the crowd rocking. Finally, a couple of match points, and really, a, he almost stole the match in some ways to me. Rublev looked like he had more opportunities throughout, but in the end, it was Joe Wilfred Sanga celebrating. Love seeing that dance again. So these are the feature matches in Paris tomorrow. We start with an All-American showdown between Faux and Taylor Fritz. Which one here has your attention, Tracy? That one certainly does. That's always tough to, to play a good friend. Um, I like Medvedev. I mean, the guy's gotten to six finals recently. I just think Medvedev's always exciting to watch because he's so awkward. Yeah, I can't really pick a match. She's already picked all the best matches. All I mean, obviously, no, Verdasco. That's tough because Vera, he has to do well he here in order to maintain that seventh position. He does. So that's an interesting match for Zverev, and we don't know which Zverev's going to show up. He's been up and down all over the place this year. Is his serve going to be going in? Is he going to start double faulting every few points? 
we don't know. It adds to the excitement. And Verdasco's dangerous. Yeah, good day for the home team in France. French men went 4-0. and Shardy, Pear, Manorino, and Sanga all posting victories. We'll take a break here. Much more to come on TC Live on this Monday. It's Prakash. It's Faux. It's the gun show. It's a conversation about the next-gen finals. It's there they the gun are. Show. Oh, man. Best moment of the year for Francis Tiafo was early in the year. The Maryland native celebrated his 21st birthday by knocking off Gregor Dimitrov in the round of 16 in Australia to make quarterfinals of a major for the first time in his career. Been a bit of a mixed bag for Francis since then, but he can finish strong in Paris and Milan. Our Prakash Armitrage caught up with Big Foe. Big Foe, great to see you here in Paris. Now, leading up to Milan, this is the second year you qualified there. Is that a big goal of yours coming into the year? Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, to make that. Obviously, it's my last time, so, you know, want to play there one more time. You know, I love the city. I had a great time there last year, so um, I'm happy to be able to go back. Talk about the event. The ATP is so excited about this new initiative. What was it like last year? I thought it was great. You know, I think it just gives, you know, some incentive for us. I mean, for guys to just come out and want to play good tennis to make that event, you know, you feel you feel like you're the elite part of the pack. So, um, but yeah, and I think we're all kind of pushing each other. We're not, we're not even really trying to, you know, I mean, a lot of so many young guys are playing well. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun to be a part of this group. And, you know, hopefully we can stay humble and keep going. You talk about these young guys. It's a really exciting time in the game for all of us right now to watch. Talk about these young guys. Are you, you seeing anyone as a possible rival emerging? Thinking about playing any of them in big matches coming up? Does that cross your mind? Crazy. I mean, I played shuffle ball in quarters of the Masters. Um, you know, I've been all these guys. You know, Felix is obviously playing great. Um, I think Yannick Sinner is going to be a hell of a player. Um, I mean, Jesus, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's a list. I mean, even guys that are even a couple years older than me. Mevedev playing great, catching up playing great. You know, Shorts, uh, obviously Zverev been doing his thing for a while. Best of luck. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Okay, they, so they hug it out, and then, of course, Prakash <laughs> has to get, uh, Listen, Big Foe has some big guns, but he's no match for Prakash. Well, that's why Prakash had that picture taken. <laughs> he wanted to show everybody. And we're not posing with Francis. A lot of time in the gym. All right, so here's the field for the Next Gen Finals, third annual in Milan coming up next week. Francis is in. Uh, we have a couple other guys who are even higher on the list. Obviously, Tsitsipas is seven in the world. He's not going, so Demonor is the top seed. Yeah, I like Yannick Sinner, 18 years old, broken into the top 100 in just the last couple of weeks. Another Italian. The Italians are coming. And then Michael Emer, he's been around for a few years. He started playing very young, about 16, 17. Swede. A Swede. So that's nice to see some new names. New names. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not seeing Felix Ojeh Aliassime. He's taking a pass. He's hurt, yes. though. I know, he, I know he's hurt, so. But I would love to see him and Shapovalov. That's sort of a, a rivalry in the making from the same country, and, and I'd like to see them play a few times. So can I ask you a question about uh, Big Foe, since we were just chatting with him? How would you describe the season for him? I think it's up and down. I mean, we've obviously seen he had a couple of tremendous results, quarterfinals in Australia, playing three out of five set matches. I don't know if you heard me earlier. I was questioning his fitness. and then Was that before or after you saw him with his shirt off? <laughs> well, when he took his shirt off for that, that was during Australia. So obviously so you're saying he's fatter year, now than he was then? I, I think he's not. I don't know if he called him fat. I'm trying to put words in your mouth. No, I just think maybe he's not as in as good a shape now <laughs> as he was back then. And he made quarters in Australia and quarters in Miami. So a lot of points right at the beginning of the year for him. It's been a bit of a struggle since.
It's right there. You see him back there? I do see him. It's so you've seen a lot of pressure at the beginning of next year. Huge pressure for points. him. Exactly. This is going to be sort of one of the first times he's going to have to come into a year defending points. And by the end of Miami, he, if he doesn't do well, he might be ranked yeah, 70 in the world. Just inside the top 50 now. What would you have him work on if you were coaching him as this uh, always abbreviated off-season arrives? To me, for Francis, well, I think the backhand has improved, but I think uh, it can improve some more. I think it's just about motivation week in and week out because he seems to be motivated and then he seems to kind of just go off and be a 21-year-old, and which is normal. But I, I look at someone like a Taylor Fritz. That guy is hungry every single day, every single hour that he's on the court. So a little of that could rub off on Francis. It would do well. All right. Those two Americans will play each other tomorrow in Paris, Fritz and Tiafo. Let's take a look at what the tennis world is doing and saying on social media. Social net for today is going to focus on the match in Shenzhen tomorrow between Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka together. They've won three of the last five majors. They've held the number one ranking for most of this year. We want to take a look at the UTR to break down their matchup. Uh, what do you expect in this one, Tracy? I'm not sure what to expect. They played a couple of weeks ago in the finals of Beijing, and it was Osaka who won in three sets. They're two to two, head to head. So just so little between them. And you see the WTA rank, Ash Barty. She's actually clinched that for the rest of the year. This one is a, a very tough one to pick. The court is slow. I would think maybe that helps Ash Barty with her slice. If it's slow and bouncing low, mm -hmm. I agree with you. They say they're awkward so it, bounces. The one thing about Osaka is she hits the ball so big that I don't care how slow the court is. She's still <laughs> able to hit quite a few winners. And as you saw that UTR, the UTR is completely even for them. Yeah. The last three months, a little edge for Osaka, but for the... Last year, they're completely even, so you got to expect a very close The match. edge for Osaka because she's on an 11-match winning streak, mm -hmm. by the way, with her father as a coach. So maybe her father should stay the coach. It seems to be working. Uh, maybe that will be the case when the new year begins. Barty and Osaka have held the number one ranking for all but four weeks this year. Who's going to give us our rocket shot of the day? It would be fitting if it were a Frenchman with the Masters 1000 in Paris. We'll show you coming up. Time for our rocket shot of the day, which comes courtesy of, as promised, a Frenchman. That Frenchman, far court, Jeremy Shardy, playing Sam Query today. And Query seemed to be in control of the point right here. He's got Shardy running backwards, but I gotta give it. Yes, it was a nice shot from Shardy on our rocket shot of the day. But I gotta blame Sam a little bit because he pivots his body, turns his body 15, slightly, 15. guessing to the backhand. And that ball wasn't hit as accurately as it needed to be. It's still a rocket shot of the day. All right, we tip our cap to Jeremy Shardy, who's trying to make it past the second round in Paris for the first time in his 10th appearance at his home Masters 1000 event. All right, we're sitting here with a couple of experts, so we thought we'd do a, an Ask the Expert segment. And this one comes from our friend Miguel. And he asks a question that a lot of amateur players ask their pros. What tension should I be stringing my racket at for more power or for more control? What tension are the pros stringing their rackets at? I think for more power, you string it on the looser, looser end of the range. And for control, you string it tighter. And then I called my stringer and I said for polyester strings, which I think a lot of the club players play at, between 45 and 55 pounds. Yeah, and I, I actually string mine at 42 because I'm 55 years old and I don't have as much power <laughs> and enough. I need that power. So I've strung my rackets very loose. If you string polyester too tight, you'll get control, but it's going to start hurting your arm yeah. at a certain point in time. So if you're an amateur and your arm starts hurting, drop the tension. Or if your arm starts hurting, go to gut, which is what I use, about 52 pounds. Or get an ice pack. 
And that too. <laughs> if you'd like to have our experts answer your questions, submit them to any of the Tennis Channel social media platforms. Use the hashtag AskTheTCExpert. So we are just about done for this edition of TC Live. Once again, a look at our feature matches in Paris on Tuesday. We start with an All-American showdown, Foe and Fritz. Medvedev trying to make his seventh consecutive final against the Frenchman Shardy. Zverev in there against the veteran Verdasco. It all kicks off at 5 a.m. Eastern time. And of course, all the action from the WTA finals as well, guys. Okay, I'm going with Hatchinoff. We haven't picked him yet, and he is still in contention for the seventh or eighth spot. I think he has to win the title in Paris. He's the defending champion. I might, I might as well mention Shapovalov since he's another name we didn't talk about at all, and he's uh, up and coming, starting to play well again with Eugenie as his coach. All coming your way with the WTA Finals starting tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Paris coverage at 5. For Jimmy Arias, Tracy Austin, Ted Robinson, and our entire Tennis Channel crew, I'm Brett Haber. We'll see you tomorrow for another full day of center court action.